Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, October 5th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Hey, the baseball playoffs begin tonight, and the Royals aren't involved in the postseason, so beat writer Lynn Worthy and I discussed this season that was. I found it very interesting, starting with Salvador Perez. He had one of the greatest seasons in Royals history, and we talk about why, also where he might finish in the MVP voting. We continue around the diamond, breaking down position players and speculating a bit on next year, but but not a lot. This is more of a season in review. And we went on so long, we didn't even get to the pitching staff, so maybe on our next show about the Royals, we will talk about the starters and the bullpen. So let's get started talking Royals. All right, Lynn Worthy's here. It's it really is a marathon, isn't it, covering baseball? I know since you've been at the Star, you've covered the Chiefs season and now a handful of Royals seasons. Um, baseball's just different, isn't it? Covering covering 162 and and that's and even that's not completely accurate because all the spring training and just tell just before we get into this Royals season, what's um, what's it like covering an entire baseball season? Um, it's, hmm, I think what's the best way to put it? It's, it's, uh, it's every day. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, you know, um, and when I say it's every day, I mean, like I've said to people before, probably people in the journalism business, uh, have a better idea, but just, you know, each sport has its sort of its, um, rhythm to it. And like football is sort of a week to week rhythm, even though you're doing stuff you know, more or less every day, uh, the games are week to week and the schedule sort of, um, revolves around, you know, Mondays are usually this Tuesdays, this, that sort of thing. Um, on a baseball schedule, it's every day. It's, you know, each day is different. It's not a, you know, Monday isn't always necessarily the same Monday. And, uh, so a lot of times I think a lot of us forget what day of the week it is once the season gets going, (laughs) it's more, you know, Day game, travel day, off day. Those are the those are the days that really make the difference. It's not so much Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but um, uh, yeah. So it's uh, uh, you know, people the I guess the cliche is to call it a grind, but it's um, you know, it's uh, one of those things where there's a possibility of something new happening every day, whether that's roster move or news or. Um, you know, seeing something in a game that night that you haven't seen before, or, you know, um, particularly when you've got a young team like the Royals had where it's, uh, you know, there's guys who you're still not sure what they are as players and they're still becoming who they are as players. So you never know from one night to the next, you know, what you're going to get out of whoever the young guy is on the mound, Carlos Hernandez or Jackson Kowar, or if tonight's going to be a night that somebody puts it together and you start saying, Hey, this is, you know, this might be the one that we remember down the line. So it's, um, it's different. It's, uh, you know, constantly uh, changing and, uh, you know, um, being on your toes. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that, you know, a, a, a day covering baseball begins well for you as the, you know, as, as the beat writer, there's never there's never really a downtime because you've, you've got to be alert for news that happens in the morning. But I mean, you're really on on duty. You're on duty all the time. But Mike, Matheny, if it's a night game, say at, at Kauffman Stadium, you know, Mike Matheny will have a press conference 
four or five hours before the game. And, you know, that's, that's, and then you're in the press box up until two hours after a game. That is, that is a long day. And as you said, it's every day, including weekends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not oblivious to the fact that I'm covering sports. So there's, I'm not asking for anybody's uh, tears and the, the, or the smallest violins in the world to be playing around the world for me. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it can be long days. And I, I think, you know, um, the, uh, yeah, people, I think are surprised to realize that your day starts, you know, back in the day when we were doing the pregame meetings in the ballpark um, in person in the manager's office, you know, those would be, sometimes around three o'clock, three 30, somewhere like that for a game that doesn't start till, uh, seven, seven, 10. Um, nowadays it can be, uh, it sort of ranges because it's a zoom call. It depends on, you know, Matheny's schedule. And since everybody's on zoom, it's sort of, you know, it varies. So it's, um, it's one of those things where there's been plenty of times this year where you don't necessarily find out what time the zoom call is until, you know, sometimes it's a couple hours ahead. Sometimes it might be depending on, how quickly things uh, shifted that day it might be a half hour, it might be 20 minutes. And so um, I've done several Zoom calls from the car. A couple, I think, were done uh, along the trolley trail because I just happened to do it on my phone because that's, you know, if the call is in 20 minutes and I'm about a half hour from you know, where I started, then we're doing that call on the trail. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been uh, there's been a few of those this year. Um, and then, yeah, post-game, um, you know, depending on how long the game takes and then what, uh, what all is going on after the game. If I'm writing, you know, multiple sort of angles afterwards, then I might be there for a while. Um, uh, you know, and then only got locked in once, so that was good, you know. <laughs> I yeah, think, I, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I want to make sure, I mean, I'm, I'm joking about it because, like, we didn't – I mean, we weren't stuck in that long. It was just somebody um, – I think they had some, some different folks – working the last few games until somebody locked the door that we usually go out and, uh, and, and um, the Royals were actually really apologetic about the next day. Cause it got posted on social media, you know, the picture that we were locked in and it, and it wasn't to be a shot at anybody, but they were really, you know, they, uh, several people the next day actually came up to me and to Annie Rogers from MLB.com and, Oh, sorry. or sorry. And uh, it wasn't that big a deal. It was just, I think, cause it got posted, but um, yeah, it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, I think, um, Andy pointed out to me that in that picture, I looked like I was just like done with it. And I was like, well, that was game 159. So I was like, that wasn't so much the being locked in. That was just game 159, what that look was. So, <laughs> yep, that, that could be that's the game 159 look for any season. Yep. Not necessarily. <laughs> locked in or not, that was 159. <laughs> All right. So I've enjoyed this take your audience to work session, but let's let's talk about the Royals a little bit. Um, I, listen, if team finished 74 and 88, uh, it is the 11th best record in the American League. They were fourth in the Central Division. Um, listen, they're only in, in the 21st century. That puts them at that this record puts it in the upper half of, of uh, final standing records for, for the Royals, which tells you, uh, except for that, that, that beautiful spurt in the, in, in the t- mid teens. Uh, it's not been a great uh, 21st century for the Royals. But like I said, I thought really interesting season. So much developed here. But any any discussion of this year has to start with Salvador Perez. It was just an incredible season for the Royals catcher. The, 
the, the best of his career. And to me, what happened was he went from being a surefire Royals Hall of Famer to a potential baseball Hall of Famer in just one season. At least the conversation can begin and we can talk about what he needs to do from here on in to be a baseball Hall of Famer with leading the American League in home runs and RBIs. And, and probably, I, I don't know, uh, I don't have this in front of me, but probably had to generate the, the highest percentage of production for a team that, you know, a player can possibly have given the Royals were, you know, toward the bottom in home runs, runs scored and all of that. But for him to come up with the numbers that he did, what an incredible season. Yeah. And it was, you know, um, I think we, the story posted uh, earlier today, we're talking on Tuesday um, that I did on salary, just sort of trying to put some perspective in what all he accomplished this season. And um, Vance Wilson, who, you know, is the third base coach who played with Mike Piazza and Pudge Rodriguez and, uh, was in the same organization as Todd Hundley and, you know, was in New York at the same time as Jorge Posada, um, said flat out that this was the best offensive season of ca- that catchers had all time as far as he was concerned. Um, and, you know, I was sitting there talking to him uh, this past week and he was talking about Salvi's season because, you know, I, I think I had said to him that, you know, this is, and it was just sort of, you know, I, I think I was commenting that, it was sort of unique to be able to recognize it as the season was going on, that this is going to be one of those seasons that years from now, I'll probably be telling people like, you know, who knows where I'll be or what I'll be covering or what, you know, what, uh, you know, chapter in my career I'll be on at that time, but I'll probably still be able to point back to this season and talk about, you know, what Salvador Perez did and being there every day to see it. And Vance said to me, he said, yeah, this is, he said, the season he's had, it's got to be one of the highlights of, my baseball career. And I said, I looked at him, I said, you've been, you've been doing, you know, you've been in this game for a while. And he said, yeah, this is one of the highlights of my baseball career. And so, um, I mean, more home runs than any catcher has ever had, or, you know, the whole primary catcher designation as far as having played 75% of his games as a catcher um, led the league in home runs and RBIs uh, tied the franchise record for home runs in the season. Um Talking about he caught uh, more games. I think he, 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 as far as how many games he played catcher, I think the starts were like 120 or 124 or something like that. But he's caught more games than any catcher in the, the league this year. I think it was the fourth most innings of any catcher in the league. You know, and it's not like he was just a, a bat back there either. I mean, throughout, I think it was 44% of base runners. I mean, like this was, and uh, I don't remember what the, the number was at the end of the season, but up until a few weeks ago, it was something like a th- more than a third of his home runs had either given them a tie or a lead. So it's not like these are, you know, okay, they're getting beat up on and then Salvi hits a home run late. It's like, no, I mean, like there was a, was a two game stretch where he hit back-to-back grand slams that either gave him a tie or a lead. So, I mean, this is, it's just, you don't, we'll probably never see a season like that again. And it's, um, it's just incredible to sort of sit back and look at some of the stuff and to sort of realize it as it was going on. It's just, I don't know how many people outside of the Midwest or the Kansas city area necessarily really appreciated it the way that they probably should have this year. And yeah, when he hit those back-to-back grand slams or grand slams and back-to-back games, that was in that stretch where he hit home runs in five straight games, which tied the Mike Sweeney uh, Royals record. And so, you know, all of this incredible stuff or, Salvador Perez and in most years when a player 
puts up numbers like this, even for a team that has the Royals record, um, you could make a strong case for MVP. And look, he, he, he's going to get a lot of second and third place votes, I think, fourth place votes, but it's just a tough year for him to have this kind of accomplishment um, and, and be recognized as the most valuable player in the American League. So uh, it, it, the Royals have only had one in their history, right? One in 53 years of, of baseball. I don't think they're going to get a second one this year just because of, you know, Otani and, and uh, Guerrero. They're, they're just there are candidates that had incredible years as well. Otani's team, the angels also under 500. I think they won 77 games this year, but his stat line is unlike anything we've seen in baseball. So that's every conversation I hear is, you know, he is going to, um, he'll, he'll be the AL MVP. Do you you have a vote in that, by the way? Uh, I, I know as a baseball writer, you'll, you'll have, you'll vote for something. I don't know if you'll vote for the MVP. Uh, this year, yeah, I do actually have an MVP vote. I haven't uh, filled out the ballots. One of the probably three or four things on my list to get done today before um, the you got to get it done before the first playoff game starts. So I've got until uh, they start play tonight to finish it off. Um, and I know uh, probably have known for a while that Otani, Vladi, and Salvi are the top three. And just a matter of um, I couldn't. I didn't see myself being able to make the case to put Salvi at number one, but um, I will still probably quite forget out exactly how I'm going to shake it out. And then down ballot, I still got to do a bunch of stuff to sort that out, but yeah, he's going to be in my top three, but yeah, this is, uh, this is one of the years that I got a vote for that. And I think Otani just, um, and it's funny because, you know, you want to say it's doing something that nobody's ever done before, but Salvi also did something nobody's ever done before. And for that matter, I think, um, Simeon did something as far as, you know, for a second baseman in the way that before. So there's a lot of that going around. So it's, it's not like it's just as cut and dry to say, well, Tony did something nobody's ever done before. And as though that's the end of the conversation, but, um, uh, but yeah, he's, he had a unique season and um, to combine pitching and one of the best hitters in baseball is um, you can't really overlook it. A complete freak show in, in, in the nicest possible way, the best possible way is Shoney Otani. It's um, you just tip your hat. To, yeah. To and I think it's and the, the only thing that I struggle with is just like, I don't know how to accurately weigh what Salvi is doing behind the plate. And I'm not sure that um, the metrics really do it. Cause I know actually the metrics are probably where he's going to get knocked a little bit. Cause I think the, particularly the pitch framing drops him down a little bit, but I mean, working with that young staff and you, you know, you talk to the actual pitchers, the staff, um, the coaching staff front office. And um, I don't think there's any doubt that his presence made a big difference, you know, defensively, not just throwing out runners, but handling that staff. But I don't know that outside of Kansas city and, you know, just looking at metrics, it shows up. So um, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up. Hey, one thing that, that's changed for me is the way I'm going to look at him going forward. You know, it's that until this year, you know, he was the guy that could give you 27 home runs and 80 RBIs and, you know, play gold glove type defense. And now um, he's the guy that just hit 48 home runs and drove in 121 runs. And uh, I, I suspect that at least the, the next few years for me, when it comes to Salvador Perez will be to land somewhere in between those numbers and, and, and be, um, you know, he proved he could do it. And 
he proved last year in the shortened season, right? That's, that's where we started to see the, the, the upgraded Salvador Perez, at least offensively. Uh, and, and this year, he just drove it home in such a big way. And um, oh, he's, he's going to be, um, he's, he's going to be quite the asset going forward. And he always has been, but, but even more so now because of the, the power numbers. I love the perspective of Perez and Whit Merrifield and Mike Matheny. So we're going to take a break now, but before we do, we're going to hear from Salvi, Witt and, and Mike Matheny. This is what they had to say about Salvador Perez's season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And not even the last of that. People just text me, should we get one more? Should we hit second today first, you know, to get many you can? But I got the first thing about the last three games, you know? I got pissed to here. Like, I got like four or six pitches right in the middle, you know? And it happened for a reason. I'm, I'm happy the way I finished finish my season, you know? The, the way that I end today was, you know, school was a lot of hard work, you know? Uh, and you, you know, he, uh, handle it when, when, when my head, my knee, low bar, you know, and, and, and see me today that I played 161 games. It, it's, it's enough, you know, it's, it's good. I, I, you know, I thank God for that because, you know, if I was maybe here 49, maybe better, you know, but I, I still blessed for this season. I'm so happy, you know, to be, to end the season that way, you know, and, and see the team like that, team we're going to get better. Our pitches, they learn how to pitch and big lead, they compete, you know, they're gonna get better. We got some really good iron here. So I think we're gonna get better, guys. No, I said it years ago when when Soler did it. You know, I, I thought it was uh, him hitting 48 homers here was the most impressive thing that's happened, you know, in the big leagues that year, uh, as far as power hitter is concerned. Um I still feel that way about Soli, but Salvi's at a different level considering that he's catching every day and he's still doing what he's doing. It's, I mean, you know, I, I know Vladdy's having an incredible year. I know Shohei is a, is a once in gener generational talent. And I'm not saying Salvi's more deserving of an MVP, but what he means to this team is, I, I, I can't even, you know, describe it. So um, I'm hoping that we turn this corner quickly, which, you know, I think we're going to, and, and he'll, he'll start getting the national recognition that he deserves in, in that sort of category. Cause it's just, it's just incredible what he's doing. It really is. Yeah. I don't think outstanding. We, we've all run out of ways to describe properly what we've seen this year and you know you're thinking about this is a uh, perennial all-star gold glover with a high of 28 in the past um to get to where he is right now is it's amazing it really is and how durable he's been and um the things that i continue to celebrate behind the scenes which are um they're 
they're building, they're helping to build the future here. And he takes so much pride in doing it well. And to be able to talk the talk, but then get out there and perform like he has just carries so much weight. And I uh, couldn't be more impressed uh, of how he's handled everything this season. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Okay, we're back with Lynn Worthy. We're talking Royals. And Lynn, there's some other players besides Salvador Perez I want to I discuss. Um, Salvador Perez will easily be the Royals player of the year. I guess if there's a, um, if there's another player under consideration or a runner up for that award, I, I might, even though Whit Merrifield led the league in a lot of categories, I might look at Nicky Lopez for, for that, um, you know, um, you know, distinction. What a nice unexpected year that Nicky Lopez delivered and how, you know, how did his season change the way the Royals look at the left side of the infield or the middle infield, both, I guess, going forward. Yeah. And I, I feel like I've said this before, whether it's on, you know, um, the Facebook lives that we've done or whatever, but um, it bears repeating that probably in mm, last week of March, there was a whole lot of people who were ready to put Nicky Lopez in the first thing smoking out of town because they were ready to just bypass him you know, just fast track Bobby Witt and say, let's go because what they saw in spring training, they weren't liking. And then, um, and even the Royals put, you know, sent him back down. He was, he was, he went into spring training slated to be on the roster for all intents and purposes. I mean, and then by the end of spring training, he was going to the minors because it just wasn't there. It wasn't working. They, they, they had seen enough. That they were just like, he's got, he's got things he's got to work on. This isn't going to, this isn't going to play in the big leagues right now. And then Mondesi gets hurt, and all of a sudden the guy that, you know, wasn't going to cut it to make the opening day roster is your everyday shortstop. And all he did was, you know, become one of the best or have one of the best defensive seasons of any shortstop in the American League and bat 300 and was the um, arguably the second best hitter at times or for at least a second part of the season or second probably three-quarters of the season behind Salvador Perez in terms of just um, – consistency um, and played uh, to remember how many games uh, he ended up with. He ended up playing. Uh, actually, I think I got it here somewhere. Uh, 151 games. Uh, I don't think, I think the games he didn't play were um, just days off. I don't think there was, uh, you know, he didn't have any ILs or anything extended injury or anything like that. So, I mean, this was um, one of the best seasons that you could have probably hoped for, for Nicky Lopez and, he was a guy who was starting to look like an afterthought when the season started. No, he is absolutely a, uh, you know, a, a, a major part of the Royals going forward now. 
Um, as is Whit Merrifield, who, you know, like I said, he bled the league in several categories. He's the Iron Man, right? His consecutive game streak is up to 469 games. That's he set the Royals record passing um, uh, Alcides Escobar this year. He led the league in, in um, stolen bases with 40. He had uh, tied a couple other players double with do- 42 doubles and uh, played appearances at bats. You know the longevity stuff. When you when you're batting leadoff and playing every day, you're gonna you're gonna lead in those categories. Um, you know he also led the American League in outs made. That's an interesting stat, but that's you know. He doesn't walk a lot, so that's that's going to happen for a guy who hit. I think he ended up 278, I believe, or um, kind of. A, I think it was a season low batting average, but you know, quite the productive player who whose versatility is going to be important for the Royals going forward. I, I suspect, right? I mean, we could see him again in several different positions next season. Yeah, guy who you know. Um... I think is a strong candidate for that, that gold glove at second base too. And, um, and talking to him late in the season, uh, he really, I think that would mean a lot to him. I mean, he's, you know, he's won hit titles and stolen base titles, but I think the gold glove would mean a lot to him just because, you know, that's a position that when you think about it, um, he moved off of that position to make room for Nicky Lopez when he knew that was the best position for him. And he did it anyway because he like the, the organization thought Lopez was going to be a player, and you know that was the spot for him. And um, and obviously it took you know uh, a well a year and a shortened year, so two years kind of to to really see Nicky Lopez like we were talking about become the player he's become. And meanwhile, Nick uh, Whit was bouncing around the field when he knew second base was his best spot, and he just sort of went with it. And then circumstances bring him back to second base on an everyday basis for him and for him to win a gold glove, I think would mean a lot. And he sort of spoke to that a little bit um, late in the season. Um, but yeah. And, you know, him hitting 277 this year. I mean, he said that late in the season too, that just, he didn't meet his standards, you know, for a guy who's um, 40, the 40 stolen bases, 40 doubles was uh, to do it for a second time. I think it's a, a handful of guys. I think it's seven now in the majors who've ever done, multiple 44 seasons like that and he's one of them and you know and this was the second one of that and he's not he he definitely wasn't happy with the year he wasn't you know disgruntled but he just wasn't he wasn't up to his standard I think is the way he put it and um as their leadoff hitter and obviously still had a good season a productive season but uh yeah he and we don't know what uh, as far as just like I said he could be a gold glove winner who could be bouncing around the field again going forward like you mentioned with Nikki and I think I would sort of bypass it, but yeah, that, that what they do with Witt and Nikki and Mondesi and, you know, uh, the franchise, Bobby Witt Jr. is uh, what likes to call him, uh, is going to be interesting just because, you know, Dayton said it flat out, uh, I guess now it's a couple months ago, Mondesi, they're not going to count on him as an everyday guy there. Um, Nikki Lopez proved that he could play everyday shortstop. Witt, you know, might be a gold lover at second base. Um, with Merrifield, that is, and then uh, Bobby Witt, you know, the minor league player of the year is a shortstop and who can also play third base. So that's um, there'll be some moving parts, I think, um, to start next season and maybe throughout next season, depending on how things go. Yeah, look, and I think I think Whit Merrifield, Whit Merrifield's the type of player who will, um, you know, rise to whatever challenge he sets for himself. He just he just seems to be that kind of determined player and look speaking of 
Gold Glove candidates. I don't know if we talked about this. I don't know if the timing was such that we talked about this last week, but Michael A. Taylor signing with the Royals, two-year extension, um, you know, didn't didn't have a month, you know, didn't have a great year at the plate, but he had a Michael A. Taylor year at the plate is what, you know, seemed like that his hit his, you know, kind of his career averages there, but he is the kind of guy that the Royals have just always wanted to play center field, good glove, good speed, um, knows the position and the ability to cover all that space at Kauffman stadium and center field. Were you, were you surprised by the two year extension? Um, I think the fact that it was two years, maybe was more of the surprising part. And um, I haven't, you know, asked anybody, but I also wonder if, you know, the two year part was also what sort of, what it took to lock it in and to, you know, cause I don't know if maybe one year would have been more of a like, okay, well, that's not going to keep him from hitting the market in two years was what necessarily like, okay, we can get this done now. Cause um, I think Sam was the one when we had the press conference, who asked the question to Taylor about, you know, um, you're five days from free agency. Why would you <laughs> sign this now? And uh, Taylor saying that this is where he wanted to be. But also I'm, I wonder when it comes to these negotiations, like, you know, if you're that close to it, did, two years sort of be what it took to get that done instead of like, if you're just going to do one year, it's like, well, if you're just going to do one year, then maybe you hit the market. I, I don't know. I'm sort of speculating there, but, um, but yeah, he's, uh, I wasn't surprised that they brought him back because the way he played defensively, um, the type of, uh, you know, athlete he is and the fact that they, they feel like there's still more there, potentially more there with the bat um, remains to be seen. I mean, I know, in baseball, there's a whole lot of tears have been shed over potential. <laughs> so, um, but they, I mean, if he just does what he's done this year, um, I don't think the Royals would be disappointed with that, but they feel like there's still more there. Um, and then defensively, um, he, he should probably be the gold glove winner. I mean, he's, um, I can't think of many guys or anybody off the top of my head, at least not that I saw. And obviously I only saw Taylor on an everyday basis, but that played a better center field. And then you talk about playing it in Kaufman. Um, you mentioned the range and the glove and, I mean, the arm, too. I mean, he's, uh, you know, a guy who um, was originally drafting the pro balls and infielder. So he's, he's got himself a throwing arm. Um, he, uh, at least at one point, was leading in outfield assists. I forget how it finished the season. But um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised they brought him back. Two years is maybe somewhat surprising just because I think there's, you know, there's potentially some guys um, – but then again, there's some guys who in their minor league system who you could maybe play at center, but I think their best position is not center. So it sort of makes it maximizes those guys, whether it's Isbell or some of the other younger guys to not have them play center. It's probably better off for them as well. Their best positions are not to be in center. And if you had to force that, it probably wouldn't have been better for them or for the Royals. So we can, um, write him in in pen in ink for uh, next year's center field opening day lineup. I think we could do the same thing with left field with Andrew Benintendi. Uh, great, great September for him, got his numbers up and he ended up being, he ended up delivering on, on, on what the Royals hoped he would be. I think in the end, don't you think that uh, Benintendi gave the Royals what they wanted? Yeah. I think aside from, you know, just um, the times that he was injured, um, he, he, I mean, if, and if he was healthy the whole season, then like, you know, we're talking about, or like I said, Nikki was maybe, um, your most consistent person besides, uh, Salvi, if, 
if Benny is is healthy all year, he might have been that person. Because um, like we said, Witt didn't have quite the year that he usually had or he, uh, what he would expect to have. So Benny, um, when he was healthy, I mean, I think the month that I keep going back to was May. And then and now you look at September, September, he's probably, I mean, I think he had 20-something RBIs just in the month of September. Um, and uh, if he's healthy for a full season, I mean, like he, he missed, he only played 134 games and ends up with 17 home runs. And he was hitting like two, basically what, what was hitting 276 and with a little bit better on base percentage. And he wasn't, he wasn't in sync all year. I mean, there was early in the year, he still, still sort of finding it. And then when he came, when he had the, um, he had the broken rib and, and then he had the shoulder thing. So there were periods in there where you can see he wasn't quite right. But when he put it all together, it was like, if he did that for a full season, we're talking about a guy who, you know, might've been in the conversation to be an all-star and uh, was probably maybe hitting closer to 300 and he probably gets over 20 home runs and, you know, maybe he's closer to that 30 or 40 doubles. And so, I mean, like this is um, a really productive player. And even with the injuries and the starts and stops, he was a productive player. He was okay. Let's let's one more position player. And then I think we'll have to shut it down and talk about pitching another time. Um, and that is Carlos Santana. Um, just kind of the opposite. He, he got off to a nice start for the Royals and was was doing the things that Carlos Santana does. Drew a lot of walks, got on base a lot, had the big kind of walk-off home run, or, or a, it wasn't a walk-off, but a ninth-inning home run to give the Royals a lead at the, in a game against the White Sox earlier this year, a big moment for him. But, but boy, it, it ends up hitting under 220 and um, maybe one of his – worst offensive years overall as a, as a major leaguer, but he's, he's signed up for, you know, he's, he's, he's going to, this was the first of a two year deal with Carlos Santana. I imagine he's, he's the first choice for first base next year. Yeah. He's um, I, I think it was one of those things where the early part of the season, you saw everything that you had hoped to see as far as, you know, whether it's the, the production, the, the plate discipline, the, the walks, the on base. I mean, like there was the first month plus it was like, you know, the running joke was if it's a day that's ended in wide and Carlos Santana's probably drawing a walk. Um, and then he, you know, also showed the power and, you know, there was some clutch hitting and, and he gave you some, some protect, protection in the lineup for some of these guys. I mean, so I think, um, you know, through April, his on base was up over 360. It was almost 400 in May. Um, just for the month of May. And then it starts to dip. And part of that was, you know, he got banged up a little bit. And, you know, whereas Benny, you know, say, okay, with the injuries, he didn't have a full healthy season. I think the reason that I maybe look at it a little bit different with Santana is because he's getting up there in age and you start wondering if this is what it's going to be regularly. And you start wondering if this is the the sign that, okay, as you get older, you guys start to break down more, whether or not, and I'm not saying that it is, but like, I think it's a question because he's a little bit older that, whether or not that's going to be the norm for him. It's only one more year in the books, but, um, uh, you know, and his price tag does go up. I think uh, they backload that contract where he's making seven or so this year, and it's going to be 10 or 10 and a half next year or so. Um, but you, I think that is something that you wonder about, especially, and I know Royals fans are going to jump right to the fact that, you know, you got a guy like Nick Prado in the minors and, you know, depending on where you're moving guys around, if Dozier is going to end up having to play some, some first base because, you know, maybe uh, Mondesi or Bobby Witt Jr. is playing some third base. And so like, it's, um, it, I think it's, 
it's at least worth raising an eyebrow about as far as what you think you're going to get from him, what role he's going to play, Santana that is, and then um, and whether or not the the being banged up and what we saw at the end of this season is what you um, should expect going forward just as he gets older. Okay, well, let's let's leave it there. Um, I got a whole list of things that I wanted to get to, uh, but could not. And we'll do that again another time. So, hey, Lynn, thanks for stopping by. And we'll talk to you again soon. No problem. Thanks. Hey, I really do appreciate it, Lynn. Um, and as, as your schedule allows, we'll, we'll have more conversations. We didn't talk pitching or yeah under dozier the minor leaguers anything like that so yeah we got we got we got time and i I kept talking so but we got time no no (laughs) nothing better for a podcast and for you to keep talking yeah yeah but they're they're not they're not playing another season for a while so we've got plenty of time to talk (laughs) and we talk postseason too so all right uh i'll see you in a few minutes on the on the on the staff meeting ah can't wait (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for today thanks to our sports beat kc production staff of monty davis beth welsh jeff rosen and chris Fickett. tip of the cap to lynn worthy for stopping by and talking royals links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com so you know about the morning sports edition right if you don't let me tell you about it on kansascity.com you go to the stars e edition That's a replica of the printed newspaper that's on your screen. It comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the e-edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that, and you can access about, I don't know, 15 to 30 pages of sports. Maybe get a link in the email. That's how I do, and it's there by 6.30 every morning. But either way, it's access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news features everything statistics well just on the look on the morning sports edition sports news features stats everything it's fantastic especially as the baseball season goes into the playoffs so hey listen thanks for reading the star and listening to our podcast lineup you're helping support the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and we couldn't produce programs like sports beat kc without you hey we'll be back on wednesday with another episode